1: So in this episode we're going to talk about navigating conflict and I want to approach it from three different lenses. So navigating conflict with like audience, like the public, uh navigating conflict with customers or clients and navigating conflict with team. So, you know, different situations call for different energies, but at the core of all of this is knowing your boundaries, knowing what's integrity for you knowing what's important to you, and knowing how to communicate in a loving but firm manner, right? And, you know, the way I used to approach conflict was one of two ways. Either it was like my way or the highway, fuck you, this is how it's going to be, right? Not my finest energy, Or I used to to navigate conflict from this like people-pleasing, the customer's always right energy. And I don't think either one is truly in alignment for me, at least not in the state I'm in now. I think there's a healthy balance of honoring both sides. I think there's a healthy balance of, you know, this is my business, this is my company, and there are certain standards that I uphold and that I expect and that, you know, this is the way things are, right? Like, I didn't create this business to be, um, you know, like a slave to my customers or, you know, feeling like I have to people please my way through conflict. That's just not what I'm about. So, you know, this is one of those things where more healing may help you. I know for me, getting out of like the fuck you or the people pleasing energy, you know, the two sides of the coin. And finding that healthy min- middle spot where it's like, I'm approaching this with love and I'm going to like share my truth, but I'm going to come from the lens of love and I'm going to be really firm in what it is, I believe, right? So finding that happy medium, that healthy middle energy. Took me some healing to get to, right? It wasn't something that came to me naturally. It wasn't something that I was able to do in the beginning of my business. And there were times where I navigated conflict in a way that, you know, I I wish I would have handled it differently. But unfortunately, I didn't know better and I didn't have the emotional intelligence to be able to navigate it in a better way. And emotional intelligence is something that comes through as a natural result of healing, right? When we heal those wounded childhood parts of ourselves, we can come from this much more mature and uh, heart-centered and loving leadership energy than we can if our needs are not being met because our inner child is, you know, throwing a temper tantrum, right? So I've been on both sides. And, you know, I I think there's, there's... an evolution that occurs, um, when you are willing to do the deeper healing work. But even before that happens, and of course we do that, that healing work and expansion mastermind, I think you probably know that by now, but even before that healing happens, I think there's, there's a way to approach conflict that I can speak to on this podcast. And you know, that's my intention with this episode. So when we're talking about conflict within the public, so, I think it's really important to to do two things. Number one, ask yourself, is this a troll, right? Like, is this person just trying to throw shade? Like, is this person just trying to egg me on in a negative way? And if so, is it worth my energy to even address this, right? So, and sometimes, sometimes it can be really empowering and it can be, it can be exactly what you need to do to address it right but sometimes we get like these random trolls where it's just like not worth your time and energy so so assess that when we're when we're talking like public audience like is this worth my time and energy is this worth addressing and if it is right like if it's even if it's still a troll but it's something that you feel called to address i think it's so important to give it a hot minute, right? (laughs) We want to be responsive, not reactive. And I know even with all of the healing, even with all of the embodiment work I've done, even with all of the emotional intelligence I have now, my first reaction is often not the, the true reaction I want to showcase to the public or to anyone, right? My first reaction is often like, intense anger and bitterness or <laughs> fuck you energy, right? Like I have a very like uh fiery personality when it comes to you know people having conflict with me where I'm very much like the fighter. <laughs> I I've I've I think I've dismantled a lot of the people pleaser in me. So the, the fiery part is the one that comes out when there is some conflict. Um that's like my first reaction, right? So You know, wait a hot minute, let whatever part it is, if it's people pleaser, if it's, you know, your fighter, if it's your um, the, the part of you that wants to hide, whatever it is, like whatever part that's coming out as like a gut reaction, give it a hot minute, sit with it calm that part of you down, be there with it, you know, validate yourself, validate this inner child part of you. So for me, like when, when my angry, fiery personality comes online, I'm like, okay, you have every right to be pissed. And we, you know, I see you, I validate you, I love you. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be pissed. And how can we get to a place of safety before we move forward? Right? Like, how can we get to a place of groundedness before we make a statement to the public. <laughs> so take a hot minute, you know, and I think this this kind of holds true for all of these. I'm using the example of the audience or like the troll, but I think it's true for clients and team members too. Check yourself. Check in with yourself. Are you in a reactive state or are you in a responsive state? So this means you made me time, right? You are only human. And sometimes when there's conflict, we can get into this reactive state and have the desire to take action right away with our reactiveness, but you may need some time before you're able to actually respond from an embodied energy. So I like to give myself, you know, at least an hour if it's something that's like more like high conflict. I'll give myself a day. Um, whatever it is you need to ground yourself in, to feel into your heart space instead of like your personality energy and come back to a state of safety and groundedness, take that time for yourself. And you are worthy of that, right? Sometimes when we have such public-facing businesses or when, when we're trained to you know really treat the customer as right, from whatever our background is in life and business or career, sometimes we don't think we're worthy of taking that time. But you're going to show up with much more love, with much more groundedness, with much more emotional intelligence if you give yourself that time. So that's step number one. Step number two is check in with yourself and then also check in with them, like where they're coming from, and see if there's a blind spot that you're missing, right? So, an example would be, you know, if if like someone says something on your post about um, how uh, let let's just use an example how your post is insensitive because of what's going on in the current world events. So. What I would do if that happened on my post is, you know, I'd give myself the time to have my fuck you reaction in private <laughs> behind closed doors because, you know, that's not the, the energy I want to portray to my audience. And then I would check in with myself and I would say, OK, is it possible that I was being insensitive here? And, you know, I would check in with their side of the story. And then I would check in with what feels true for me, right? Because I trust myself enough. I trust my connection to my higher self. I trust that I can think for myself. I trust that other people don't necessarily know more than I do or in my case, like than my higher self does, right? Like I always check in with like my higher power and I'm like, okay, do I have a blind spot here? Am I missing something? is there some validity to this? And in some cases, there may be some validity to it, but I still don't have to agree with it, right? Like we're allowed to have different opinions. And in today's uh, like very polarizing online space, sometimes it can feel scary if you have a different opinion. So the the like fawn response or the people-pleasing response may come online for you where you're like, well, maybe it's better to just go along with what they say. But I actually think, You're coming from a much more powerful leadership energy and you're actually, you know, guiding people to better overall emotional well-being and health if you hold your ground with your values, right? So for me, using the example of if someone were to say that my post was insensitive to the world, let's just say my post was about me and it had nothing to do with the world events, right? Like, let's just say I was talking about, well, for example, this weekend, my husband went to the ER twice. He's totally fine, but we went to the ER twice. So maybe I was just talking about that and then someone was like, I can't believe you're so upset about taking your husband to the ER when people are dying in this country or whatever, right? So like one of those, one of those comments. So, you know, I, I take my time to, to do my fuck you reaction in private and then, you know, maybe how I would respond to it is, is say, you know, I'm fully aware of what's going on in XYZ country and... I'm choosing to share this, this element from my personal life because it what, it's what feels relevant to me. This is not meant to overshadow any world events. And at the same time, it's my human experience that this is happening for me. I'm not willing to be silenced about what's important to me just because this is happening in another country. I am very sympathetic to the situation that's happening in this country and I don't necessarily think it's my job to talk about it 24-7. I'm allowed to talk about myself. I'm allowed to talk about what's, what I'm going through. So that might be one way that I would respond to something like that. And yeah, it's scary as fuck to do that, to hold your ground in a situation like that, especially in today's polarizing online environment. But I think it's really powerful to be able to find that, that truth that feels true to you and you'll notice that I, I I mentioned that I was sympathetic to the situation and that, you know, I I still care, right? Like it's possible to care about two things at once. And so, you know, with that type of response to this conflict, I'm showing up from more of this embodied leadership energy. So instead of just people pleasing or saying, fuck you... I'm giving a more educated leadership-like response that maybe we'll get this person to see things differently and to think differently about the situation. And yes, that's scary as fuck, but that's part of the the job we play as leaders, right? Like leaders go first. Leaders cause us to think differently. Leaders are controversial. Leaders sometimes have opinions that differ from ours, right? Like there's this element of recognizing that as you become a more public and powerful leader – that i mean that means that not everyone's going to agree with you that means that you're you're making more of your true opinions known and not everyone's going to like them so definitely there's a lot of safety that you have to cultivate to start to do that but that is how i would respond to conflict in a public arena now in the realm of clients same thing step one you know have your reactive response in private find safety meet your needs come back down to ground, find your center, find your heart, right? So the same thing happens as the conflict occurs. And then this becomes a little more nuanced because I'm looking at okay, what putting myself in their shoes? What's going on with them? And how can I show up for them as, you know, both a loving coach and facilitator and also as someone who is running a business and has to uphold boundaries. And in certain situations, depending on the container they're a part of, how is this impacting the group and how do I need to show up as a leader in this situation when I'm, you know, holding space for a group? And so there's different angles that I look at. And again, it may take more time for me to come up with an embodied leadership response, right? So this is not something that I've encountered yet. I'm sure it's, you know, going to happen at some point, but... Um, You know, I've been blessed to have truly wonderful clients up until now, and I'm sure I'll have much more wonderful clients, right? But as you grow, it's it's inevitable. There's going to be, you know, occasional conflicts with clients. I guess one example I can think of for sure is payment failures, right? So I used to have a very, like, scarcity-based response to payment failures with clients. And then I just started to, number one, automate the process, right? So for my membership... There's automatic payment failure reminders, and then my team checks up on them. And then for higher ticket clients or for clients that are ghosting, we came up with some language for, for how to approach them in a loving way that still gets the point of cro- across that, you know, we we require payment, right? We are a business. We provide a service. You are an adult entering into a contract when you sign up to join one of my programs and so we expect payment to be made and and we don't really we don't really allow or experience people not paying the full amount that definitely occurred earlier on in my business but because i took the time and the energy and the care to figure out okay how do i want to respond to this when this happens now there's there's not really the experience that people don't pay all of their contract, right? We really have a lot of upstanding clients who make their payments and, you know, uphold their contracts and it's beautiful and I'm so grateful for that, right? But that's not to say that payment failures don't happen, right? That's not to say that people aren't sometimes late on payments. It happens from time to time. Um, Energetically, I have done a lot of work to attract clients that believe in paying their payments on time, right? So you can also do this on the energetic channels. And, you know, sometimes shit happens, right? So – Instead of coming from like the fuck you energy or the the people-pleasing energy of like – because I, I used to do both, right? Like there were times where I was like, no, we need payment now. I don't care what your situation is, right? And then there were also times where I was like, take as much time as you need. Meanwhile, like I need the money to pay my team, right? So that's not right either, right? So we have to find that happy medium where we're firm, we're upholding the fact that this is a business that requires money and you're an adult that entered into a contract, while also, you know, honoring them as humans. And so I think we've done a good job at striking the balance there. And, you know, it's it's coming from the energy of the heart. So we have at times offered, you know, if, if a client got into financial trouble, offered downgrading them from a high-ticket program to a lower-ticket program. Um, you know, we've offered other, like, payment opportunities for them and And we work with them in a mutually respective way, right? so that's that's kind of like the energy that we come from now. But again, actually, we've been quite lucky to where this has not really been an issue because I've done the energetic work to you know really attract the clients that pay on time or pay in full right so you you can work it from both angles, but um because I, I truly believe this because we've put a lot more focus on coming from this powerful yet heart-centered energy when responding to payment failures. I think we actually collect more revenue as a result of that response, right? I can think of a specific example of someone who ghosted um I don't know, like a year or two ago and we, you know, we were trialing this like heart-centered approach with her and over time, she came back and made it right, right? So there's there's been instances where it wouldn't make sense for this person to come back and make it right and to f- make all the payments. But because of the the way we treated her with respect yet firmness, it, it worked out, right? So that's something to consider if, if you run into payment failures or, or conflict with clients is, you know, it's I, – I think there's this happy medium that has to come through where – you're not sacrificing yourself and your business. Like you're you're upholding your business boundaries and you're coming from the heart, right? We've had a lot of success with that approach. And if, if you're like, how the hell do I do that? Because you're like so emotionally attached when like payment failures happen. Well, that's where the healing comes in, right? And we definitely do that in Expansion Mastermind. So I can definitely support you with that if that feels like completely impossible right now. <laughs> and then the final piece of navigating conflict that I wanted to address was navigating conflict with the team. Now, I take the the approach with team that I'm the one that fucked up. <laughs> um unless it's like a repeat mistake that's happening again and again, then I look at that and I'm like, "Okay, what's going on here? What do I need to do to support you more or do we need to have, you know, an involuntary separation, which we've had to do that as well." Um so in general, I assume if things are going wrong, either I didn't communicate well enough as a leader or it was my miss or, you know, maybe it was the wrong hire, right? Like maybe I didn't vet the person well enough before I hired them. And I've had both instances come through. But the key thing here is being responsible for your team, right? I think it's it's kind of an unfortunate trend in the online space where – People are kind of like bitches to their team because they like get their their CEO hat on and they're like, well, I'm paying you, so you work for me. And there's just like this weird negative energy of superiority that comes through. And if you study leadership, like if you study leadership deeply, you'll notice that leaders take responsibility for for everything, right? Like ultimately, as a leader, I'm responsible for my team. I'm responsible for their mistakes. You know, I, I've seen people be like, oh, my VA fucked up and that's why this didn't happen. I always take responsibility for things that don't happen. And when my podcast agency came on, originally they were doing like OBM work for me as well. So business management work for me as well. And there was this this thing that was happening where like I wasn't getting them things by a certain deadline. Right. And And they were kind of like, you know, gently nudging me about it. And At some point, I was just really up front and I was like, listen, if I don't get something to you on time, I'm not expecting you to like bust your ass to get it done for me. Right. Like I have mutual respect for you and for me. And at the end of the day, all deadlines are ultimately at my discretion. Right, so if I don't get something done by a deadline, that's on me, and I don't expect you to like work twelve-hour days to make your side happen. I just know that okay, this is going to be delayed a week because I delayed it a week, right? And I, I, I had that conversation, and I, I we like developed that mutual understanding, and it, it made both sides feel more empowered, right? So it's something to notice with team, right? Like you are ultimately responsible. If you are the one delaying something, take responsibility for that. If you are the one that's getting in the way, take responsibility for that. If you are the one that is not providing the right communication to make sure things are happening in the way that you want, take responsibility for that. And what happens with that, what's so beautiful with that is it actually empowers your team to do better, right? When we blame our team, when we come from this energy of fuck you or or people pleasing, right? Cuz it's it's a fine balance, finding that happy medium. But when we come from either of these like disempowered energies, like the disempowered masculine fuck you or the disempowered feminine of people pleasing and letting people walk all over you, then what happens is no one feels empowered on the team, right? Like they either feel like they're mistreated because you're coming from fuck you energy or they feel like you know, maybe there's not enough leadership like, integrity here, right? Because, like, if I just, like, let my team let things slide left and right, then that's not how I want to run my business, right? So we have to find the the happy medium. And it's, you know, it's taking responsibility and then also, like, very firmly communicating what you want, but in a loving way, right? So when I was setting the boundary of, like, you know what? All deadlines are actually at my discretion because, You know, if I'm late a week, then the project's late a week and I'm not going to expect you to make up for my lost time. Like what happened with that was it got my team out of this energy of feeling like they had to bug me 24-7, which was beneficial for them. It helps them relax and know that they didn't have to like overwork themselves to get things done because I'm behind. And I think it also created more mutual respect because I was saying, listen, I, I understand that I can be the holdup. And I understand that I'm ultimately responsible for this project. So it it, it, allowed there, it allowed this mutual respect to permeate through on both sides where we both felt valued, right? I felt valued because I was allowing myself to have the time, space, and energy that I need to get things done because I'm a creative. It doesn't all happen every single day, right? Like it happens in bursts and flows. <laughs> so I gave myself that time, space, and energy, and I set that boundary for myself. And then they felt empowered and excited because they didn't have, number one, they didn't have to bug me 24-7 if I missed a deadline. And they also knew that their interests were being respected. So come from the energy of being responsible for everything, right? That doesn't mean you're micromanaging everything, but it's like if things go wrong, ultimately choose to be the responsible party and to guide your team to a solution, That is what I have for you on navigating conflict. Obviously, all of this is so much easier if you're more embodied, right? Like if you feel safe in your body, if you feel safe in situations where there is conflict. And so, you know, that's a big part of the reason why we do the healing work and expansion mastermind because it empowers you to... To have these types of higher level conversations that just don't come up when you're a baby CEO, but when you're shifting into this embodied leader, when you're building a business that's more mature and it's gonna last long term, guarantee you this stuff is gonna come up. So, if this is something that you're wanting to improve your emotional intelligence and your skill set with, this is definitely something that will come as a natural result of joining Expansion Mastermind and doing the healing work with us. So I hope you like this episode. Share it with a business friend if it landed with you, if it resonated with you. And I will see you in the next episode when we're going to talk about holding yourself in seasons of contraction and expansion. So get excited. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet, and I'll talk to you soon. Expansion Mastermind is my favorite container ever. It is my favorite container to facilitate. I absolutely love the transformations that the women inside experience. It is my one of my most transformational containers, other than one on one coaching, and it is a container in which you get one on one access to me. You get monthly one on one calls. Um, you know, direct access to me in a messenger app called Voxer. In case you can't tell, I do love the deeper inner work and I do love being able to help women shift from doing to receive or like the hustle mentality in business to receiving just to receive, receiving just because you exist, receiving just because you're worthy of receiving, receiving money from your energy and not from, you know, the, the exhausting launch strategies or whatever other bullshit you've been putting yourself through to build your business. So to answer your questions, yes, it's 100% possible to manifest clients and money in business. Yes, it's 100% possible for this to be your main strategy when it comes to growing your income. And yes, your life will change if you're willing to do the deeper inner work that we do in Expansion Mastermind to be able to embody and stabilize this and make it more consistent for you. So this mastermind is high touch. It's capped at 10 women at the time I'm recording this. I don't know how many spots will be available because we are doing a pre-sale for this launch, but right now there is at least one spot available. I'm sure (laughs) Um, if you're wanting to apply to join us. We have shifted this container to have specific enrollment periods. So at the time that you're listening to this, we are open for enrollment now, but we will not be open for enrollment for very much longer. And we won't open up enrollment again until the end of 2022. So this is your, your chance to get in now before we close enrollment for the rest of the year until the end of the year. Um, and it is a six month minimum commitment. So if you join for six months, you get to come to our in-person retreat in Miami, and that's going to be in late September, early October. Um, we will finalize the dates. They're probably are already finalized by the time you're listening to this. But we would love to have you. This program includes private healing calls with a small mastermind group. It includes hot seat coaching calls with a maximum of five people per call. It includes, uh, you know, intimate access to me in Voxer. It includes one-on-one calls with me. It includes all sorts of amazing support and access to all of my programs, courses, memberships, everything while you are under contract. So it is my most high-touch container other than one-on-one coaching and it's designed for female entrepreneurs who are making at least six figures and are ready to grow expand and quantum leap all the things so obviously i'm obsessed with this container i love it i hope you will feel called to join us and if you are you can do so by going to kristenkosinski.com forward slash expansion Or you can just send me a DM on Instagram and we can chat more. I'm at Kristen Kaczynski.